Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not marijuana, but weed is tight. <laughs> My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how's it going? It is going good. The bridge of my nose is not cut. I am feeling very strong today. So yes, it's going very well. How are you doing, Joey? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, a very entertaining game last night. I, yes. I think that was one of the more entertaining games all year. Mm. Um, just top to bottom. That was just a fun watch. It was a nervous watch, but like a, a good entertaining watch. Yeah, I know. You know, it's uh, we're recording right before uh, the week of the Super Bowl here, and they always talk about how the NFL is scripted. Man, if last night was scripted, if you knew the script of last night's game, that's, of course, when Dallas ties it and we lose 6-5 in overtime. But no, yeah. they pull it out in regulation 5-4. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, Leafs win against the first-place Dallas Stars, Ooh. first place in their division in the West. 5-4 at home. We are now 26-15-8 for 60 points, third in the Atlantic with a couple games in hand. Um with those around us. Yeah. So, okay. A lot to unpack last yes. night. I think yes. the first thing we'll talk about is the Marchment hit on McCabe, or I guess the late hit yep. on uh, Jake McCabe. That, <laughs> the fact that it doesn't get called, let alone, I know. like, yeah. do you, ex- okay, do you expect the Department of Player Safety to even take a look at this? Or like... <laughs> I uh, based on how they've been ruling things lately, I, I should just like shake a magic eight ball. I, I have no, I have no idea. I, I it is dirty because inherently uh, you are taking advantage of a player uh, who is uh, who had finished the play, didn't have the puck, had his head turned. There's every reason why that person should not be expecting to get hit at any time. And I understand like you're on the ice. It's kind of like a, a boxer always has to defend themselves. But that's that's just this is just kind of garbage stuff where it's, it doesn't actually make a point in this game. Uh, I don't expect the players, uh, the Department of Player Safety, to do anything yet. I do believe it is a dirty hit. Yeah, I think it was super late. I think yeah. like you know, McCabe puts the puck up the wall. One the other way. Yeah. yeah. The other way. Count one turns. Mississippi. Turns and then boom. Um, cuts the top of his nose on his visor. Looked pretty awesome. Pretty yeah. badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he was incensed. You saw how mad Keith was. I believe I read his lips in that uh, after the second period. And he said something along the lines of a fucking disgrace and yep. wake yep. the fuck up. Uh, when he was asked post game, he basically just said, um, that's a vulnerable player. Those are hits we're trying to take out of the game. And yep. he's hoping that they have a look at it. I don't think anything's going to come of this. No. I mean, I'd be shocked if there's a fine. Just not on because what I think. Yes, I think it should warrant some sort of discipline. But I don't think based on what we've seen, based on George Peros's track record, we're going to see anything. Um, yeah, I like the the Gallagher hit, and then the I forget what his name is, but the the guy that hit uh, Chari a couple of days ago. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like those. Uh, to be honest, are Brendan Dillon. Thank you very much, Brendan Dillon. Those are very different plays. Whereas Gallagher is much more intentionally skating across the ice with his elbow, like out, like almost comically. Whereas the the Dillon hit, you can at least see that you're like, oh, you got up there. That's too bad. But they were very similar suspensions. So at that point, I have no idea what they're going to call. So I would assume at this point, 
point nothing uh or there'd be no there'd be even a minimal fine so i i don't know i don't have a lot of faith in the the player safety department that's why uh you see hits like this unfortunately so yeah you know well andrew you don't want to question the integrity of oh, the refs i know how dare i how dare i instead we have to have a red-headed sheldon keith coming out and screaming about how it's a fucking disgrace so we can't because we can't ask the refs what they saw on that play or what they didn't see i guess yeah, I uh, ridiculous. You know, and then you saw some some uh, some jawing after that. McKay yeah. with a monster hit on Marchman, <laughs> yes, looking for him. Uh, asked him to fight, no go. But I, I thought, like Sheldon said, the rest of the team was quite hard on Marchman for the rest of the game, which is yeah. what you want to see, right? Yes, yes. This is a, this is the like book ending of the of the Marchman of uh, Marshawn hit. You know, earlier with Lilligren, like it's that you know everyone wanted his head. Like they, oh God, you injured our guy. Why is Ryan Reeves doing anything? Why isn't the team doing anything? This is the opposite of that, where you saw you know I will say a a, a talented player, but maybe less uh, antagonistic. Uh, do something, and then all game, they just made his life a living hell. That's perfect. Also, Jake McCabe, wake up. This is fantastic. We should piss him off more often. We should tase him like a bull that's about to go out for, like, uh, you know, to try and kick off a cowboy. Like, that was, he was like a fucking bull in a china shop. Yeah, he was everywhere last night. He was, you're exactly right, a bull in a china shop. I think, like, we'll talk a bit more about the defense later in the episode, but if that's the Jake McCabe you see, then maybe the way you look at your defensive core is a little bit different. If you know, you have that Jake McCabe coming in and playing for you like that. every Yeah. Time. We'll, we'll talk about the defense things too, because I'm very curious if this is a Jake McCabe that we're going to see. So this is uh but great sign though, obviously like sucks. You got to get uh, hurt and all that kind of stuff, but, or have a dangerous play being involved, but you know, great play afterwards. Yeah. Really, really nice. Um, some other nice stuff, a lot of nice stuff to unpack from last night. John Tavares looks like a new player. He looks like mm. a fresh different player than he has looked over the past month um that assist to william nylander on the fifth goal was yeah. incredible yeah yeah that Being was amazing vintage john Tavares, like 19 20 year old john Tavares, the way he was moving his hips and uh faking up the d jesus christ creates some space for willie who comes down the wing and pots one and you need that because like okay that's we give up the third period lead albeit a penalty shot and then you get the lead right back and then it just becomes this, this thing that this storyline we've been looking at over the past few weeks. Extend that lead. Extend mm-hmm. the third period yeah. lead. You need the two goal cushion. Keep going. Especially, yeah, especially against a team like the Stars. Yes. You know they're gonna push. You know they're gonna probably pot one. So having that two goal cushion is huge in the third period. Mm-hmm. Because before that, you know, you think, okay, we're going into the third with a 3-2 lead. The Stars are probably going to put one on the board. Like, we've seen this story before. We just have to Mm -hmm. make sure we can put this game away because, like you said, you don't want that to turn into a 3-2 third period lead exactly a 6-5 loss in overtime, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So, like, you know, you just... It's it's just great because when they like it has been the opposite of of Leafs teams in the past where this first period has been a very good period for the Leafs. They've started well, you know something that I'm sure Keith will not get credit for. But nonetheless, I uh, you know it's 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 one of these things where people have always been on them about that. Why don't they start really good? But they are starting really good. The problem is since that start is so good, you need to play like that continually. You need to play like the game is tied or you're down. You need to keep your foot on the gas. This team is too talented to be sitting back, and we're starting to see stuff like this. Because because when we were up and, you know, yes, we would give one up. They just went right back at them, which was really good to see. Yeah. And on nights like last night where the first period wasn't good, mm-hmm. um, 
it's just nice to kind of see them put the foot on the gas in the second period and just keep the foot on the gas, not let a goal the other way. Because a penalty shot goal is a back-breaking goal, right? You're, you let yeah. in a guy behind you, uh, well, Dadunov, and here we go. Second game in a row, you you give a guy a, a breakaway on a in a close game, in a tie game situation, or a, a one-goal game situation, and here you go. Does this come and bite you in the ass? No. Mitch Marner right away. Beautiful. Yeah. Get the lead back. Um, that that penalty shot, say, though, Joey. That penalty yeah. shot. Giordano, really? Yeah, penalty shot? I don't know. A little, a little soft. Uh, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just yeah. I don't want. Like, I don't want to start calling on everything for the refs to do. But like you know, I was like, oh wow, penalty shot. Okay, shine. I think the call came quite early, and then once the call came, Jordan was like, okay, well, he's called it. I'm just gonna now wrap him and take him away from play. Which yeah, you okay. Do, because yeah. the worst thing that happens is if the arm goes up, you know, you're getting a penalty shot, and you still let the guy score. So yeah. if he's going to score, at least let him score the penalty shot because like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. take him away at that point. You've, you've drawn the penalty. Just bear hug him and throw him out of the way at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say though, I don't want to say like we came out flat because I don't think we came out flat. I thought no. the first couple minutes were solid, but this is kind of a pattern against the team on a back-to-back. They're going to come out strong and then tail off. Mm. So you have to expect Dallas who played last night to, to still have their legs and it's going to take you maybe a few minutes to find them. So you have to know that that storm is going to come in the first on a, a strong team who's one of the best road teams in the league, if not the yes. best road team in the yes. league, to come on quite strong in the first period and push. And you know they're going to tail off a little bit being on the second night of a back-to-back. They did. We capitalized. Big Willie, three points. John Tavares, three points. Austin Matthews, two points. Mitch Marner, beautiful goal. The night you want to see from your big boys. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. And I'm going to get into this kind of the opposite side of that. And this is egregious, but like, it is remarkable that the, the big core team, the, the, the team that you're paying so much money for is producing. Like these guys are all over the score sheet. And so it's great. Also Austin Matthews just scoring. Like, of course, like, God damn it. Um, death taxes, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews. Like it's just, it's just unbelievable how, how automatic he is, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, we need to see more from other players, but it's good when you're paying all this money. You know, if the, if the criticism is going to be, why are we paying these guys all this money? It's like, well, it's also the guys that are scoring all the goals. So I don't, you know, I don't know. You yep. take one for the other. Yeah, and and um, you look at Austin's goal and you're like, oh, lucky bounce, lucky bounce. And then you look on Monday and he hits a triple post, right? Yeah. Um, so you're going to get those lucky bounces, but... Yeah, take, when you're that good. Take, yeah, when you're that good. Take the sole part of the goal away from it. And that's a wonderful play by Austin. I mean, he's coming down the right side, takes a shot on net, goes around the net to the left side to get his own rebound. Beautiful play along the wall to get the puck back. And then he's got all this room to come in tight. He's trying to feed Willie. I believe it was Willie. I think so. I think it was Willie. He's trying yeah. to feed him. Uh, goes off the skate and into the net. A nice little bounce. Fortuitous bounce, <laughs> as they like to say. Um, someone who's not getting bounces is Tyler Bertuzzi. Oh, boy. And so, yeah, everyone wants to say he's snake bitten. Is he snake bitten or does he just have the worst hands and finish of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're saying this. Snake bitten, I think we gotta retire that. It's no longer he's snake bitten. It's either that he's got terrible hands or I swear to god he's throwing games. Cause like how many how many how many within five feet are you getting the puck to your stick or in between your legs and you cannot finish? Like it is it's getting a little I will say maddening because yes, we've seen him score 30 goals in this league before, but holy smokes, you're never going to get like, 
Michael Bunting would have 20 plus goals at this point. Like it's, it, you kind of, you start going down how many worse players would be, would be doing better right now because he's been given golden opportunities and it's getting uh, frustrating. Yeah, like I look at his effort. I, I see no problem with his effort. No. I see no problem in his positioning. He seems to be in the right spot. I like when he, when we don't have the puck and the way he attacks, the way he forechecks, the way he, yep. he has an active stick. But it seems like then when we do have the puck or when he gets the puck back, he just is kind of looking for it a little bit. Like it's like mm. the puck is right there in between his legs and he just can't get the right handle on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird because like you look at, a small sample size and you're like, okay, this guy's snake bitten for sure. And now it's like, well, can you be snake bitten for 49 games? <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like we almost need some kind of better expression, you know, like I, it, it's, it just, maybe he doesn't have it. And I can't really explain why, you know, is he's been given a great opportunity playing with good players and being put in good opportunities to score. And I don't know, yeah. like how long, how much longer can you be in somebody's head? You know what I mean? Like it, we're, we're almost 50 games into the season. It's, yeah, it's, I saw, I saw people like shitting on key for this being like where he is in the lineup. Like, hold on a second. Tom has had every single chance to play with everyone in the, on the team. Like, except for maybe the fourth line, which, which he is not going to be playing on the fourth no. line, making $5.1 million. Yes, exactly. So he's played up and down the lineup. I still think he fits in really well with John Tavares and William Nylander. That line was amazing last night. And yes, again, I'm not, I'm not looking at Tyler Bertuzzi like I was in the first week of the season being like, you look lost, man. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at it being like, holy shit, it's just like he just kind of flails. Yeah. And and throws the puck. And like you look at and you look at why Tyler Bertuzzi is the only guy on the team wearing a neck guard, because Tyler mm. Bertuzzi is the only guy who plays that style where he's flopping and falling all over the place. Yeah. Mm. A, neck, a neck guard really would benefit a player like that. I just think like I just want him to find the puck in tight, man. Like he's I know. there. The puck is there and he just can't get it on his stick. I, I don't know. <laughs> what that means or why that's happening now my cross sport analogy and this is tough because it's a hockey podcast but my cross sport analogy is so once again super bowl is being played this weekend there's a quarterback for the san francisco 49ers named brock purdy is he the most talented quarterback in the league no he was actually the last pick in the draft and why was he the last pick in the draft because he doesn't have these outward talent right but when he goes on the field with a very talented coach like kyle shanahan he is told what to do and he does it he can put himself in a position and he does that thing Tyler Bertuzzi is not that player. Almost, you would take a less talented player that goes, hey, stand on that corner and shoot when you get it. And you're like, oh, okay, all right, I got it. Because for some reason, he is so in his head that he is not able to do that. And you're wondering, if it's honest to God, you'd rather trade for a slightly worse player that would pocket a few of these. Because right now, this is is just not working. And I'm not saying, like, blow it up. I'm not saying trade the guy or, you know, whatever it's mm-hmm. going to be. But it is a little frustrating that this feels like, you know, not not only is he snake bitten, it's like the team will be bitten because this will come and, like, bite them in the ass eventually, if it hasn't already. Yeah, I mean, like, six goals from a guy who was supposed to be your first-line left winger and you're paying five points is just not good enough. No. And what this tells me is you can't even think about extending this guy. Oh, my God. You can't even think about it. Um, let's see what he gives you in the playoffs and maybe have that conversation later. But this is now, you can't be in any point to say, oh, I'm going to extend him before we hit, before we hit the end of the year. Like that's not tidy work. Um, no, 
again, I have no problem with Tyler Bertuzzi's game until it's time for him to put the puck in the net. Until it's time for him to finish. Because Which he just can't finish. He can't It's an important part of the game, Joey. You know, like sure. it's it's an important part of the game. I I I I'm with you. And once again, but this is what we were saying around game 20 is like, hey, all the advanced stats look look, look pretty good. It'll come around. It'll come around. Well, it's only gonna come around if he fucking puts that stick on the puck and puts it in the net. Like I just eventually kind of go like you we were arguing, I I fuck around game 20 or something like that, going like you should extend him now because he's not playing well and his underlying numbers are showing that he's going to explode at one point but, you know we're all going to look pretty stupid if like game 70 all of a sudden he's got like you know 10 goals in the last 10 games or something like that and you're like hey all right sweet all right there you go good but even Rains though right like an extension usually means a bit of a pay raise or that's like, true you can't you can't you can't no. give this guy anything close to a pay raise like even giving him four and a half million you're like i don't feel comfy with that personally so no you just need to see more and again it's not like it's a disaster it's i think he's still playing smart i i I like his game until he needs to put the puck in the net and it just seems like he can't uh right now or i mean this season yeah this season (laughs) yeah this season god it's just like i would totally understand like i don't know max domi is somebody we you know we don't have on here but like I almost understand Max Domi a little bit more because his game is more assists and where the position he's being put in. Sometimes it's not all about, you know, whatever, but producer playing on the top line with his talented players and being the opportunity he's gotten, I think puts a bigger spotlight on that lack of production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's talk about the fourth line who had an unbelievable game last I'm, night. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brian Reeves looked awesome. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I was super thrilled with Noah Gregor, Bobby McMahon, and Ryan Reeves last night. Uh, just, you know what? You're going to have to go to your fourth line. You're making it so much easier on Sheldon Keefe when you're playing like that because it's not like you can run three lines in game 48 of the regular season. You right. know what I mean? Right. You yeah. cannot burn these guys out. It is not the time of the year that you shorten the bench and you go to three lines every single night. And that was something we had to be doing. Um, so when your fourth line comes out and plays like that and you can trust them and you can put them out on the third period with less than 10 minutes to go in a, in a one goal game and you feel good about it because they're forechecking well, they're controlling the play, they're, they're garnering chances. Like, yeah, yeah. It looks like a completely different fourth line. Um, and it just showed, like, it just makes you ask that question, like how injured was Reeves and like, are we for real? Like, is this real? Like, am I... Uh, yeah. What are we talking I, about here? I know, I know, but but Joey, the same thing. We, he took a month uh, and a bit break. Let's go with you know, or court mandatory, you know, like sitting on the bench. I and he came back here like, man, he looks good, just like he did in the first couple of games when he had all that break. And now we went to the All Star break and he didn't do much. And now he comes back like a fucking steamroller. Now let's see if he plays this kind of minutes, and it wasn't a ton, it wasn't a ton of minutes, but if he plays this. Uh, I don't know. This amount of time in this position will play in a week, and he's doing the same, and he still looks the same. I'm gonna start biting my tongue a little bit, and be like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Maybe this is a completely essential thing." But it's again coming off of another break. I'm like, oh, "Let's see. I don't know. He's my age. Like, it's just you know, yeah." I just and I feel terrible. Like, <laughs> I think this just means like he he shouldn't be in the lineup every night, and to get the most out of Ryan Reeves is maybe that means like we said last week taking a game or two games off here and there, give him some extra rest. So when he comes, he comes, plays hard, plays like you need him to play. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like he's filling a very essential role. I think that's the thing is like, I, I have always understood the, why we needed somebody like him. It was whether it, he was the right guy and the money in the contract, blah, 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 blah. But, but like, I understand that this is a need. So if we can get this out of him, fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. So I, I, everyone in Toronto hopes this is just for real. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's cheering against this guy. <laughs> yeah. No, no one, no one is because we're in a position where we can't. Right. Yeah. That's also a good point. Yeah. For whatever reason you are, we're all cheering for him. Mm -hmm. I'm also cheering for Ilya Samsonov, who uh, looks like a different goalie since coming back. And I, okay. You look at last night and you're like, okay, four goals against, but yep. I thought he played solid. I mm -hmm. thought he, he really controlled the game and made the, the big time save he needed to the, once you get momentum on your side, not giving up that back-breaking goal to give Dallas the momentum yeah. right back. Like, for yeah. example, when Austin made it 3-2, Sagan came in alone right after that, and Samsonov made a beautiful save. So it's just like, okay, that is the type of thing where you 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 get this momentum. Austin has a big goal. You got the lead. You're trying to shut them down, and they instantly get a chance the other way. Yep. Two months ago, that's a goal. Absolutely. A month ago, yes. that's oh, a goal. Yeah. Yeah. So to keep that out of the net, and then of course you know the penalty shot happens. I'm not faulting Samsonov for no, letting him go. Penalty, penalty shot. shot. Um, so you look at four. Like you don't watch that game. You look at the score sheet. You're like Sammy Litton four. But I don't see it that way. I no. thought he played very solid. I wouldn't say any of the goals were soft by any means. Um, no. You know people are calling that power play goal. I think I saw online like people were roasting Sammy for that power play goal, the, the Dodonov The goal. first one? The first yeah. Dodonov goal. And yeah. I was like, hold, what? That was just like I a, don't... a really nice set play on Dallas's power play. Um, and it was Dodonov in all alone, like in front of the net, just getting an easy quick pass. Like it was a tic-tac-toe play. I don't fault Samson off for that at all. I thought he played solid, and I thought he's been very solid since coming back, since the reset. Yeah, if you were going to tell us nine goals were scored last night, you're like, well, we probably lost. <laughs> like, you know, those are the, that's how things have been going around here. Well, we give up that many goals? Oh my God, yeah, we probably lost. Unless it was a 7-2 Toronto Maple Leafs win or something like that. You're like, oh yeah, okay. So this is... Uh, this is this is progress as much as it is. You can't be one of these people that just looks at the box score at the end and goes like, I know how the game went. It's like, you don't. You got to watch it and, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I just, I agree with you. Four goals, two of them are a penalty shot and a power play. Eh, uh, it's not great, but it's still enough to win, which clearly it was. Yeah, and if you look at their fourth goal, like Dallas was essentially just pressing for the last three minutes with a pull yes. goalie. Like if Willie takes two extra steps to center ice, and and throws that puck on the empty net, then we're we're talking about a six three win, a Willie hat trick, and you know it's it's a much different story. He instead just they talked to him after the game. He basically said, "I thought I had more time. I thought that was going in. It doesn't." Yeah. <laughs> then Dallas presses for three straight minutes. You're on your heels. One yeah. goes in, and that's why you need a two goal cushion. That's why exactly you need to extend those leads, keep the foot on the gas, because in this new NHL. A one-goal lead and sometimes a two-goal lead is not safe by any means. No, no. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the 1995 New Jersey Devils. Like, <laughs> in this hockey day and age, yeah. a one-goal lead is terrifying. Like, Oh, yeah. A two-goal lead with three minutes left is terrifying. Like, we know what teams can do by putting – like, power plays are, are elite now. Like, certain yeah. 
certain teams with certain players and a, a team like Dallas with with that personnel. Yeah, you put six on five on the ice for three minutes and you get our guys tired. They're gonna score at least one. Yeah. So start praying. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's exactly. it's I I completely agree with you. Yeah, I, I you know, and it's just it just goes back to what we're talking about. That's why you just got to keep your foot on the gas. And and they did, you know, and that's 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 a good victory against a good team at home, which has been uh, harder for us than on the road. So yeah, brutal. Like, what was the. Uh, what was the Craig Simpson stat last night? Basically, if we were playing this year on our home pace from last year, we would have something like a ridiculous amount of more points. I can't even remember. Oh, no, no, no. We have the fourth best road record and like the 17th best home record or something like that. Like it's, yeah, it's we're 500 at home. Yeah, it's not not great. Not great, Bob. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm not I don't think we have it coming up later. So I'll bring it up now. The Dallas Stars uh, posted a video about all their hometown players coming back to Toronto oh, yeah, in this like yeah. really beautifully glossy, like nothing sassy, just like beautiful vistas of Toronto. And then, you know, a player from Brampton going like, I always love playing at home. It's like I look up at the oh, Tyler Sagan looking up at the section that I used to sit at as a kid. Yeah. Uh, which rich kid. Uh, but is uh, and, well, and like looking up. Why? He's, <laughs> he's looking up like at the 300s. At the yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't. 302. Mason Marchman, <laughs> Mason Marchman had his little quote in there too beforehand, which is funny because you're like, oh, now you begin the villain number one. Also, Mason Marchman's eyes. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, stop your debt in your tracks with those Holy eyes. smokes. He's like a daywalker. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> I, but like, this is another, this is a great excuse. I don't care. Here's Toronto Maple Leafs excuse coming in. But it's a Wednesday fucking game. Dallas Stars coming to Toronto and you wonder why everyone plays really well in Toronto. It's like, here's a really good example. They produced a video just to say how happy they are to be in Toronto. And you're like, oh God, this is why we, this is why everyone has their best game against us. Yeah. I mean, the league is full of a lot of players from Southern Ontario. Yeah. Like we have the targets on our back. We always have. So that's the unfortunate I, reality, I guess, of being a fan of a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Dallas Cowboys or the the New York Yankees, it's like people are excited to play you guys, yeah. And that's just the truth. And you just kind of got to weather the storm because you're going to get everyone's best every single night, and you got to have yours. And yeah, the, the unfortunate reality of of being a Toronto Maple Leaf is you can't have any days off. You just can't. No, no, no. It, it's it's very true. Yeah, I was laughing when I watched that video. <laughs> it was a good video. I thought it was like. I thought it was well put together. I was like, Oh yeah, it's cute. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that this is still the Mecca of hockey. And that, that's what every single person says going like, well, it's different. It's Toronto. And you're like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Screw you Montreal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, let's get into it. This is egregious. Yeah. This is egregious. Oh, this is egregious. This is egregious. Alrighty. As we all know, Leaf Nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. I do it all the time. So does mm-hmm. Andrew. However, this yep. segment is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious Toronto media and fans can be. So um, there was a few to choose from here, like whether it's <laughs> yeah, Nick Kiprios basically saying Austin Matthews doesn't have enough assists. Oh, so yeah. Many goals. Like, I, I oh. want to change mine right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That is the stupidest thing in the world. So he should stop scoring as many goals so he can get more assists. <laughs> It's funny, like, I've, I've seen this here. criticism, like, a bit over this year, basically being like, okay, Austin's got all these goals, but he's only got 15, 16, 17 assists, yes. and he's getting shit on for it. Hold mm-hmm. on, isn't the most important thing, like, to score goals? Isn't that how you win yeah. hockey games? And we don't hear it when it's flipped. Like, 
when players have um, a 20 goal season and then like 60 to 70 assists, you yeah. never hear that. You never hear no. like, oh, well, you know, like a lot of secondary assists. You never hear that. Unless you're Mitch Marner. But yeah, I Unless completely you're agree Mitch with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish you could pot in a few, buddy. <laughs> like, are you seriously looking at a guy who scored 41 goals through 49 games or sorry, 48 because he missed one? Yeah. And you're going to say he doesn't pass the puck enough? What Wait, the what? fuck? What is this? Okay, this is just a combined one. Like, what, what, do you, what do you expect him to do? Like, just wind up like, no, don't. And then just pass. Like, yeah. What in the world are you thinking? Oh, it's so I'm, stupid. Yeah, so you're, t- yeah, you're telling me when Austin Matthews has the puck in the slot where he's yeah. absolutely lethal, lethal from, we're going to uh, shit on him because he didn't look and find Mitch Marner or Matthew Nice for a, a less dangerous shot from a less yeah. dangerous position like, and a less I, I, talented player yeah like <laughs> yeah we're grasping at straws here like oh. kipper was basically like so yeah mcdavid uh he went and scored like 62 or whatever it was goals last year but this year he gets it this year he really gets it like he's yeah. he's 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 spreading the puck more around and, and it's helping the oilers <laughs> hold on last time i checked the Oilers have one less points than one less point than the Leafs in the standings, and we're both yeah. still third in our division. So you yeah. you take someone's yeah. eyes off the actual standings, and that you you look at what the media is saying about either team, and the Oilers are Stanley Cup favorites right now. Everyone's talking yep. about the Edmonton Oilers after so coming off a sixteen game win streak, still only sitting there with fifty nine points. Leafs got sixty, um, and it's not our year. We should be sellers. Oh. So fuck. I could do a whole egregious statement just about the Oilers. Like I just, I, it, it just drives me crazy where people are like, see, we like, because he's getting so many assists. That's why you guys coach fired. Uh, yeah. Like I also like the Leafs need to trade for a goaltender. It's like, yes, we do. And, but the Oilers don't. They're like, no, Stuart Skinner. He's good. And you're like, okay, we'll see about that. I'll see you in the playoffs. All right. Yeah. yeah sounds good. I switched, buddy. I switched my egregious. I completely changed it to Nick Caprio. So <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Sam Cosentino and your ridiculous takes yesterday. You're off the hook. I'm not going to talk about you. Go ahead. Caprio is Hall of Famer of This Is Egregious coming back out there from the rafters. Uh, okay. Mine is going to be kind of what we were talking about earlier. And it's going to be about secondary scoring. You're seeing a lot of. You know, I, I'm going to take the mantle for Joey, who always rails against people that get on Keith's case for stuff that he is not directly involved in. And I would say one of these things is he can't put pucks in net for people. And this is this is a big issue I have with secondary scoring in general. The last 10 goals for the Leafs have been Tavares, Matthews, Benoit. Oh, hello. Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Those are the last 10 goals to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I could keep going, and it would be the last 50, and it would look kind of very similar. We are having a serious issue again with secondary scoring. And this is my problem, is this is not this is not a new thing. We spent a ton of money in the offseason to add two players with offensive skill sets that were defensive liabilities. You know, Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi are not the best defensive players in the world. They are actually much better offensive players, and we're trading defense for offense. And the offense has not been there. We are actually probably worse in our secondary scoring except for a fourth line that makes that's buzzing every night i just the thing is what we if we were had this podcast by the end of last last playoffs we were going to be saying the same thing everyone 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 is going we need defense we need physicality when really that has never been true what we need is to score more fucking goals because when it comes down to it in the playoffs we don't score goals and the real issue is going to be the secondary scoring when they're throwing out their top defensive lines and top defensive pairs against these against these top five players six players whoever it may be it needs to come from secondary scoring, and it hasn't, and this is the thing that scares the hell out of me. And so I just want to say for everyone that's calling for Keith's job because 
Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's not scoring. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. This is the way this team was built. It has to be coming from the third line. It has to be coming from non-big players, and it's not. And unfortunately, with the straight deadline looming, it's only going to bite us in the ass. So my egregious is maybe roster construction because it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. And and this can kind of get into some deadline talk here. Sure. Um, because... You know, especially with injuries to Callie Yarncroft and David Camp. And yeah. it's not like David Camp is lighting the lamp. Oh, no. The, the lamp. Um, <laughs> you're, you're looking at it, and it's like, okay, we're dressing, what, six guys who started in the AHL last year? Mm-hmm. Or at the beginning of the year? Uh, so, what are your options? Right? right? Because you're not getting it internally. Um, no. It looks like Nick Robertson has found his spot on the third line. Yeah. I like, I like that third line of of Domi, Yarncroc, and and uh, Robertson, but Yarncroc's out for a couple weeks. We don't know how long. Um, so does he come back before the trade deadline? You'd hope so, but if not, you better have a backup plan. Yeah. And yep. you, you've looked, and, and the centers we kind of talked about are all off the board now. Like Lindholm's yep. gone, Monaghan's yep. gone. Um, so... We didn't what? get a chance to talk about that though. Would would have you given up what like even for Sean Monahan? Would have no. you given up a for yeah? Okay, all right, no. we're on the same page then. No, and it's the same thing with Chris Tanev. Like, do I want to pay a first round pick for a thirty four year old who's on an expiring deal and is a UFA? No, not even close. No, no. no. So everyone has their sight sets on Tanev, and like it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that Tanev has come to the Leafs, but like. For what? Because if that ends up being a first round pick, that's terrible. Like, oh that's yeah, that's terrible. that's awful. That's re- that's really bad. Yeah, and I and we are coming around to a spot that I think all of us thought. And like maybe I'm there a little early, but just listen to me for a second. Is that maybe it's not defense that we acquire? You know, like it. It like I think with we need ben- one. I think we need. You think one. we need one? Like Who, I for what? Think- Benoit goes out. No, Jordano goes out. Oh, like I I don't I don't think we can trust. Giordano after we've got what 32 more games and he's going to be yep. getting a lot of ice time like it's not like he's resting mm-hmm. uh, so like for me I, I think you know Benoit and McCabe have shown that they belong in this lineup and they belong you know playing solid hard-fought minutes going into the playoffs obviously Riley's on your top pair Brody has you know taken a step back that being said I still trust Brody to I don't I don't buy that he's just lost it like, I don't yeah. buy that. Yeah. So if yeah. if you acquire someone, like if you acquire a stud and Brody ends up coming back to your second or third pair, then great. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is a hole that needs to be filled. And I think it's 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 one. I just don't know who because you look in it. Sure. Acquire Chris Tanev. Great. But just don't give up a first round pick for him. And that's what Calgary wants. So I, I think you got to look elsewhere. Yeah, I think this is going to go down right to the the wire because Calgary is going to hold still. Because I, and why wouldn't they? Somebody's going to pay for him probably, and it's most likely going to yeah. be Toronto because it just lines up so so clearly. I just, man, I I, I really think we have to acquire a forward. I, I just don't think this is it. Like this can't this can't be. You can't see the offensive play and go like, yep, yeah, good, all right, yeah, no, no, no I moves needed. You. you know what I mean? Like I just, Completely. but again, again, I I agree with you. Like, what are we giving up? First round picks, Minton, you know, Cowan. Like, I don't. No, hopefully not. You need hey, these cheap players. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm fine giving up a first-round pick if it's the right player coming back and sure. the term coming back. Like, okay. Yeah, I think the wish list here is a third-line center and a top-four defenseman. Obviously, big wish list. Uh, yeah. They don't grow on trees. And you're like, okay, what am I giving up for that? You're probably going to have to get rid of your first-round pick if you're acquiring both. But 
It's about what those players you're acquiring are bringing back. If you're getting someone who's in his mid thirties and is going to be a free agent, like let's, let's throw out the idea of rentals at this point in time. Like if we can acquire someone with term who's sitting at like, yeah, I don't know, two to four and a half mil, then I'm all years. Then I'm like, okay, I'm willing to see does giving up Minton or, um, you know, I don't want to give up Cowan. He looks fucking amazing right now. Like, like, let's just hold off there for a second. I just think like, I'm more willing to give up draft picks if who is coming back is not just a straight rental and is not 34 years old. Cause let's be real, Chris Tanev, like as much as you would probably help our blue line, like you're 34 years old. Yeah. I know. And I know Calgary's not good. So it's like really tough, but it's not like he's been like great. <laughs> you know, like no, I don't, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I, it does. It just, uh, all of it scares me and all of it makes me nervous. So it, and it's, and it's going to be something we have to address very, very soon. Yeah. Trade deadline's coming up, which is coming three, up three weeks away, which is always great to just sit on the couch and watch uh, the TSN panel, like eat Harvey's live uh, <laughs> because they're just stuck there for nine fucking hours. And I wonder, I wonder if it's, I don't think it's going to be a very big deadline. Like I think a lot of the big moves have already been made. So you just got to imagine that 10 hours of television is just going to be, whoa, thrilling like, stuff. Lots of the quiz. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Uh, Five quizzes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Handing the belt back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. All right, Joey. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, go, go ahead. Go. Let's go. Sorry, no, go. Say, it's Craig Button. <laughs> Craig Button's gonna get fucking four hours of hair time. He's gonna need like a whole new bottle of moose. <laughs> He'll be straight by the end of it. Yeah. All right. It's time for the numbers game, a game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember Lisa Bear's pass and what number they wore. Joey is currently 36 or 38, but each player he gets wrong between now and the end of the regular season, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all who participate in sports. Joey, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. The first player from this is from the 2008 team, and there's a theme oh. to this one. They okay. were off-season acquisitions, off-season acquisitions that we were excited about, and ultimately were disappointed. The first player I'm going to be naming is Jason Blake. Oh yeah. Okay, I got it. You got it? Oh, very good. You didn't name it immediately. He's giving everyone a chance at home to be uh, thinking about this one. He played 78 games that season. What number did Jason Blake wear? Jason Blake wore number 55. Very good. Number 55 is absolutely correct. He is now 37 for 39 on the season. I remember that that fucking July 1st acquisition just being like, all right. He scored 40 last year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. Paid him for his best season, yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. Didn't come anywhere close ever again. <laughs> all right. Second player is going to be another acquisition that we were all so excited about, if not confused. Let's go with Jeff Finger. Oh, I think I got this one. You Didn't think you got this like, one? I think, I think I do. I'm, I think I do. I'm not like a hundred percent confident, but I feel I'm going to walk uh-huh. myself into this one. Yeah. That yeah, his yeah. number was the exact same amount of money he was making in millions, which is fucking ridiculous. I think Jeff Finger wore number four and he was making something like four million a year. <laughs> you are exactly correct. He yes. wore number four. He played 66 games that season. Very forgettable 66 games. That's got to be one of John Ferguson Jr.'s worst acquisitions. Like, obviously, he made some terrible trades to Karask. Obviously, yeah, I was going to say. One. That's a Toscala. That's a big one for... <laughs> What was it? Yuri, Yuri Tulusti in a first round. Yuri Tulusti. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the Jeff Finger signing. I just remember being like, we're giving four in change to who? 
Yeah, I yes, he barely played in the playoffs in 2008. So that's what, like, seven million now. Yeah, with inflation, Uh, uh, you know, it's yeah. And he played for Colorado, but kind of had a good playoff, strong playoff. And that's why we. Yeah. All right. Well, didn't work out. Uh, Yeah. The the John Ferguson Jr. uh, Worst deals, worst signings and stuff like that. That could be a whole episode in the summer. We'll find out how we do it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Joy, did you watch the All-Star game? You know what I did? I uh, whoa, yeah, I did. I watched um, all of it, and wow, honestly, I enjoyed it. I thought it wow. was wow. Uh, I didn't think I was gonna watch it because I thought, honestly, I thought it was gonna be on Saturday night, and I was thought I was gonna be working. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the games are in the afternoon. I can sit and watch this, and I was entertained. I thought it was pretty well done and mind you we don't get an all-star game for the next two years which is great because which means we're gonna have some best on best international absolutely trade that any fucking day of the week absolutely like if the all-star game can be that yeah then yeah i think it's in a fine place it's in as as good of a a place as it can be you know what i mean like we're not looking for the all-star game to set the world on fire this isn't real competition this is no for kids yes it's for kids and sponsors yeah and and if if that's what you're showing like I don't know. I I thought like you looked at the Matthews team, like especially in the first game against um the the Hughes team, the red team, he was like he had an active stick going. He was trying to go get those pucks back. Like there was some compete level there. Um, well, Elliot Freeman some- talked about one of the other opposing players getting on Matthews or like saying Matthews was playing like too aggressive on yeah. a faceoff play or something like that. And you're like, <laughs> I love it. Like, what is he trying to win in front of his hometown? Get out of here. I, I, I agree with you. And I heard good things. I did not actually watch the game, uh, but I heard good things. Mm-hmm. And, and I just wonder, is it because there's a Toronto centric team in Toronto? And I don't mean this as Leafs fans. I just mean that like things feel a little bit more important. If we go back to like rally, you know, like uh, in a couple of years, which I know we're not, we're going to Boston Montreal. But if, if next time it's in a place like, because let's not forget a year ago, we're like, Ooh, that was an, that was awful. It was in Vegas. I suppose it was just terrible. And so you're like, yeah. what changed in one no, year? And I, I, it was Florida. Oh, Florida. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. The year before was the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just worry that, uh, I just worry that the setting did a lot of that. Well, it's, it's less about, you know, like, what was the Florida thing? Everyone was, like, in costumes and, and yes. was, like, trying to – it really, I think, just tried too hard. It, it became cringy where it's like, no, 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 we want to see these guys, like, show off their skill, not mm-hmm. their Miami Vice costumes. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I, I thought the skill competition was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was exactly what it needs to be in, like – Maybe you you find a way to uh, make that passing competition a little more fast paced because I think that's uh-huh. where it lost steam a little bit. But like that obstacle course was really cool. Like mm-hmm. the fastest skater is always gonna have eyes on. Always it. amazing shots. Always gonna have eyes on it. Like the accurate shooting is really fun. Um, but the obstacle course I thought was like really entertaining, um, and it created a great finish. Like you needed you know McDavid to come in and have a good time to win the million and. I, I thought it was good. You know, I thought Toronto obviously put on a great show, but I think from where it is going forward, you're like, okay, I can get by that. If I have nothing to do and I'm going to sit on my couch smoking weed all day, I can think yeah. of the All-Star game. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it's, yes, better than a turned off television. But I I, I, I just don't, like, I do love that McDavid <laughs> creates a creates competition and wins a million dollars. I think he sandbagged all of us. I think he was just like, you know what we should do? And then give you a million dollars. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then he wins it. You're like, oh, all right. Um, but, you know, good for him. And, like, at the end of the day, as much as Connor McDavid is, 
kind of boring. He is still, you know, the best player in the league or, you know, one of the best players in the league. And so him being on a spotlight to show how talented he is at hockey is a good thing. Like that, yeah, that is, there are worse things for the sport when so many of these athletes, so many of these, like the reasons we love the NBA and the NFL and we have these outsized personalities and the NHL just beats the living hell out of their personalities. And so these guys are so boring. I love a little bit of personality to show how good they are, except the only thing is that draft, like miking them. I uh, it yeah, was hilarious because they had no I, idea. Like, especially yeah. at the beginning, like when Pasternak gets drafted, he goes up, and Leon Dreisel has no idea that his mic is hot, and he's like, "You got to <laughs> fucking try, eh? You got to fucking try." And like the entire building and everyone watching on live TV can hear it because these guys don't realize that their mics are on, which I thought created some pretty hilarious content. I think it was a little messy and sloppy. They can fix that. Yes, but I like the idea of maybe just get rid of fucking David Amber there and John Bucci Gross. And let the players do it because I that's the worst part was they're being like going up to Nick Suzuki and being like, you think uh, they're going to end the rivalry here? Yeah. Like, no, like, what are we doing? Like this? Uh, I hate this, like uh, sappy nonsense we do with hockey all the time. Yeah. I uh, and the other one, too, it just production wise felt sloppy. They're like, it felt like the guys didn't know they were going to wear skates. It also they didn't know they were going to be on the ice the whole time. You could tell because their reactions, a few players that did, definitely didn't want to be there, have their head like slumped down like, yeah. oh, I wish I had my phone on me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, I thought, I, it, I thought it was solid, but we're going to get some Olympics and some uh, whatever Thank you're calling it. God. The, the Four Nations next year, which is very exciting. Uh, we can talk about that a little later in a few weeks. Um, Oilers streak ends at 16. All right, we can move on. Uh, we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts on um, – so the video tributes. Oh, yeah. Okay. on like players like Pierre Engvall getting a video? Pierre Engvall had one when or, the Islanders were in town. Yeah. Um, who was it on the Rangers – who played 33 games for oh. Rangers and got a video tribute last night. <laughs> I forget. I, I, I can't fucking remember. I forget his name. But uh, anyways, what are your thoughts on like players who, you know, kind of barely played for their teams getting video tributes? I think it becomes a bigger deal because we've just accelerated more and more players getting it. So now if they come in, they've played anything, it feels like a snub, which is, I think the teams are so desperate to avoid that they're like, oh, I don't care. We'll just, we'll just put a couple, we have clips. We'll just put a couple together and it'll be totally fine. You know, I, I think that's, that's the problem is that like, they're just so afraid to like fire up another player to go like, oh, fuck them. <laughs> you know, that that's why they do it. But like Gary Ingvall, what, what's your favorite Pierre Ingvall highlight? Like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. That speed. Um, no, honestly, like, I think it's hilarious. And I think if teams have fun with it, it can be even better. Like, I think what Columbus did with Jonathan Quick was awesome. Oh, that's funny. like, you know, John Quick got traded to Columbus, said he wasn't playing there. Never played there. Never played a single game. Away. So, like, but then they gave him a video tri- tribute. I think if you have fun with it, there are ways to do it when a player has only played like a handful of games for your team. Like, yes, show diff show highlights of like something else. I don't know. Show a clip from a movie or something like that. Show a clip from like Slapshot or just <laughs> sure, have fun sure. with it. Yeah, and I think I think then it becomes less of this. Everyone's getting really infuriated about these video tributes. It's like, like, do you really care that much? Like, who cares? Just no. give them a, yeah. a nice little clap and move on. It's like when Taylor Swift gets shown on on uh during football games like do you really why do you care like why does this matter <laughs> yeah, why does yeah. matter like just stunt cool. tv for 45 seconds exactly the three hour game on. like yeah clearly have some other insecurities that are going on <laughs> internally like maybe check that before you get mad at the big is taylor swift in the room with us right now like you gotta just to please like find out yeah i i completely agree with you i think it's it's turned into a bigger thing than it's not i i agree having fun with it would be good 
And it feels very anti-hockey in a way because so much of it is like, well, we're not allowed to have fun. Like, it's got to be real. It's like, who the fuck cares? This guy played a couple of seasons. He played a handful of games. That's totally fine to say thank you for, you know, for your time. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. an inherently dangerous game. You know, like, that's okay. For sure. I was in the building yeah. and they did the Justin Hall tribute. And I, like, I got on my feet. I loved it. Like. Yeah. You know what I Justin mean? Justin Hall. Like it's, yeah. Also a famous Justin Hall defender. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> last thing before we go. Utah. The Salt Lake City Coyotes? Question. Right. Yes. Oh, man. 33 teams or 32 teams. It stays the same and we move Arizona. Or 34 uh, teams. They might even go to 34. God. You know what? Like, I, I feel many different ways about this because, like, yes, it is insane that they would not take care of Arizona. Uh, one way or another, to settle that issue, uh, you know, the arena. Uh, it has never really been fully successful there, even when they've been good. And I've heard that argument a lot, like, well, they should stay there. They're getting good. It's like, well, they've been the, in the playoffs in the past, and they're still having trouble. So I, I don't yeah. I don't really understand that argument. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I'm not against expansion. I think hockey of a lot of the sports in North America would actually be okay with ex- expansion, considering how many leagues there are internationally that sustain themselves with players. There are players that can come over and and be talented and you know help the league out. Plus, you know, if you start looking at more international based sports like soccer, there are tons of teams. There are tons of teams and tons of leagues. Why couldn't there be 34 teams? I, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. But as long as they take care of Arizona first, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not too jacked about 34 teams. I think okay. like, the talent is a little watered down as it is, and I just think it's like I, – I just think we're creating a – I understand it. I get you know yeah. the teams are going to be paying a billion-dollar fee for expansion, yes. so the league's going to get more money, and, and yep. I, I get why they want it. Um, and I think, cool, if you, if you get a team in – I don't know. Like, does Quebec City get another team? Does Atlanta get their fucking 10th try at it? Like, it's – it's more of exactly what you said. Like, do not expand until Arizona is not in Arizona anymore because it's yep. not fucking working. And to have them play in a 5,000-seat arena is a joke. Um, it's just like, and we know why. Like, it's Gary Bettman just defending this Arizona idea because he's just afraid to admit that it's not working. Exactly. And it's time to move on. Um, so I think, like, it's kind of ridiculous to look at expansion until Arizona is not in Arizona anymore. Okay. Yeah, I think we're on the same side then because I agree. I to to accept another team while not figuring out Arizona, I think is yeah. a real mistake. Yeah, like it's just we can't keep thinking that this is okay and up to league standards and 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 how do they keep getting away with this because, you know, they got tiny little Gary Bettman dribbling up their ass. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, uh Leafs in Ottawa on Saturday. That's going to be a good one, a fun one. Yep. Um Need a big win. Ottawa's been tough for it, tough for us this year, but not tough on anyone else. So let's uh, let's get a nice little dub here and keep this going. Nice little four wins in five games. Hopefully, we can keep that stretch going and uh, close the gap in the standings a little bit. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. If you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. And go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go! When you're back down, when you're back down in Mexico, I hope you feel better like you wanted to then. I know we haven't talked, I know we haven't talked in a while, but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair.